0: spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, information conversation, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
1: Welcome back. Welcome, 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 welcome.
2: Your dreams were your ticket welcome,
1: welcome, 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 welcome.
2: Welcome back to that same Welcome back.
1: It is Watchdog Morning Show, hour number two on a uh, Wednesday. Hour number two is hour number fini for me, uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, of course, as always, on a Wednesday. The legislative watchdogs, they may, among other things, be talking about the uh, the uh, missing chopper, the missing chopper that J.J. has. Uh, Stephen Adams gave us a little alert to this yesterday. Metro News now has a full story on it. We talked on Friday. Was it Friday, Bob? Um, uh, U.S. Marshals have been ordered to go and repossess a helicopter owned by one of Jim Justice's companies. It was a company in Virginia. It was to to help pay a debt to a Russian firm, Mechtel, that that, uh, claims that—well, they don't claim. They have a court order saying the Justice companies owe them money, and they want some. They want their money. They can't get their money. They want a chopper. Uh, The order said they they could go and take that chopper by force if necessary. That's where we talked about it on Friday— then justice kind of said, well, no, you know, I owe so much money. I am so much in debt that really other people are entitled to my chopper before the Russians are and has filed that action in court. But Stephen alerted us yesterday, and the details are now at WVMetroNews.com. The justice company, it's a Bluestone company out of Virginia, they got the plane out of Dodge, the chopper out of Dodge. They moved it. Before the marshals could get there, they... You know, up in the sky and off it went to another
2: state, North Carolina, I think. Well, okay, maybe, but, and and that's possible. That's quite possible. But maybe they already sold it, Howard. You know, maybe things were so bad, somebody (laughs) said, hey, we'll give you 10 grand for that chopper right there. Goodness (laughs) gracious,
1: sold. (laughs) Sold. I never thought about that. Uh, The company going after the helicopter owned by Justice's family. Uh, wants to know why it wasn't where it was supposed to be when the marshals came to find it. This is like some kind of a—I don't know whether it's a—a—a—a a, 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 a thriller or a Keystone Cops movie. This is like some kind of a movie. The billionaire governor uh, is in so far in debt that they want to seize his chopper, and when they go to find it, it's gone. They moved. They flown it out of—they got out of Dodge. I mean, it's just—wow! It's just. Amazing.
2: Anybody know how uh, Bray carries getting getting around these days, That's Howard? Maybe maybe he claimed that chopper.
1: <laughs> well, remember what the governor the governor's explanation was not that I don't know the chopper. It was that I owe so much money to so many other people. Other people ought to get that chopper before the uh, the Russians do. That's Bray's chopper. Well, I'm sorry, but Bray, I promised the chopper to Bray. I, I said Bray. I know uh, that money, so uh, for
2: your two loans, could you, could you, uh, why, would you, would you like, how would you like a chopper? Or he might be looking ahead, Howard. How the hell is he going to get to Washington and back? He needs that chopper. Well, that could be,
1: I got to keep my chopper. How, how am I going to fly there?
2: Put oh. that in a barn, Jay.
3: <laughs> oh, golly.
1: I mean, it is, we talk about justice all the time, and we talk about his financial problems all the time. And I have said over and over again, on a human level, I almost feel sorry for him to have your finances so blatantly spread across the news, media, radio, television, newspapers, uh, social media, day in, day out, to the point that you have to finally stand up and go, well, you know, actually, uh, we owe a lot of money and uh, we're just trying to figure it out. It's it's humiliating, embarrassing on a human level. But it's also like a movie of some kind. Seriously, it's like a movie of some kind. All right. Uh, You know what else is like a movie, Bob? We talked about it. Has it been two years ago? It is a mystery. Uh, The the, uh, double murder of the uh, owner of Salsa Joe's and his wife. Um, They were both murdered, and um, nobody has no suspects, no clues as far as we know. Uh, It has been considered one of the more intriguing and certainly unsolved crimes of this area in recent years. Uh, the double, the salsa murder, double Joe murder, uh, the double murder of salsa Joe and his uh, his wife. Uh, but you remember a couple of months ago, there was a story that their business partner had been on a on his way to Texas, and he boop, disappeared. And we speculated at some length about you know does this have any connection to the double murders? Were the people who did whatever they did for whatever reason they did it to the to the the, the, uh, the uh, uh, were they still seeking out the business partner for some reason, and did they find him? Did he go into hiding? Just boom! That was a couple months ago. Well, according to the Big Seven now, uh, Andrew Isaac Griffin, the brother—I mean, sorry, the, the business partner of uh, the Strussians in Salsa Joe's has now been arrested in Texas on a misdemeanor charge out of Oklahoma. You might recall he was leaving Oklahoma where I think his grandfather was and supposedly on his way to Texas to get a job, and that's when he, boop, just went into thin air. Uh, He has now been arrested. The story I see from the Big Seven so far does not suggest what the misdemeanor charge was, but he he is now being held in uh, Harris County, Texas, so I I know no more about this than the information I'm now sharing with you. Channel Seven makes a point of saying that he has never been named, never been named as a suspect in the murders. Uh, again, wild speculation, just wild speculation. Did he have a connection to the business which the murderers wanted, which the murderers were concerned about?
2: You would think that uh, he knows something that uh, that the police would uh, really like to know.
1: You know, I I, I certainly am not—they I, I, they could have just stopped him, and it was a misdemeanor charge, and they said, well, we're going to—you know, and then, oh, my God, this guy's missing. You almost wonder if the misdemeanor charge is not the way to hold him, to keep him, until they can figure out what else may be going on here.
2: That, that could be, Howard, and, and I'm not insinuating that, that he knows— I just think he has a good idea that who just might have done that is what is what I'm saying. You know, think, oh, by the way, yeah, there's this guy here. You might want to check him out.
1: I think to in one way or another, he's he clearly has a connection. So what's what? what maybe he knows who did it. Maybe he knows what the reasoning behind doing it was. Maybe he has information about the businesses the Russians were conducting that may have. I, I don't know. I have no idea. But it, it after disappearing for a couple of months, bam, there he is now in Texas, and he is uh, being held. I strongly suspect we'll learn more about this. Maybe not all of it, but learn more about it in the next few days. 8.17, 17 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Opened up with concern about Hamas and Israel and all that stuff. Bob and I are both having a hard time watching the shows. The TV coverage of it is just so depressing. But we're going to talk to Hoppy Kirchhoff coming up next. And Hoppy and I are going to talk about uh, his column this week and today at WVMetronews.com on things America could learn from Israel's internal problems. That's coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Ready?
0: Set? Go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places.
2: When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands, with a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I seventy at the top of the hill, the Highlands. Dining, shopping, every entertainment, and watch. Walk in
0: because the guys from the Pine Room podcast come right here to the Watchdog with a new, extended, and revamped show, adding six more hours into the week. Join the guys from the Pine Room podcast every Tuesdays and Thursdays from twelve noon to three o'clock to talk local, national, and global sports news pop culture and everything in between the pine room podcast right here on the watchdog
4: a serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries what if you cannot return to work how do you take care of your family if you're a disabled at Gellner law offices we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem we know how to get your fair compensation we will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses don't go it alone If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304 242 2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com.
2: We'd like to help.
4: Great conversation continues now on the
0: Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine.
1: 44 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 41 at the Highlands. 36 degrees in my backyard in Elm Grove. And I don't know why it's so cold in my house. You're not getting any sun yet, Howard. You're uh, up against I, that hillside. I guess I gotta look. I gotta go back out and look and see where the where the uh, weather station at the house actually is, because it it's much colder than everybody else. Forty-one here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. I meant to mention this at the start of the show at seven o'clock. This is this is of no value to you now. But what a clear morning it was this morning when I stepped outside, got in the car to come here. The sky was as clear as I've ever seen it in recent months. And stars everywhere? Well, I think they were stars. They were bright lights in the sky. uh, And I don't think they were moving, so I figure they're stars and planets. But what a gorgeous morning it was. Now, you can go out now. You won't see that because it's sunny and high around 65 or so today. But uh, it was a beautiful one. Beautiful morning this morning. Tomorrow here on the Watchdog Morning Show, uh, another visit with uh, Moundsville's manager and the mayor, uh, Rick Healy, and Sarah Woodshaw will be in together to talk about some of the things going on in Moundsville, including the issue of crime and punishment. Uh, Bob Heron, Wheeling City Manager, coming in next week to join us. Dan Millison coming in to join us next week also. He's the guy who developed Waterfront Hall uh, on the Heritage Port, which I thought was, oh boy, I don't think this is going to work. It's turned out to be a huge success, and we'll find out why and what his game plans are. And uh, later this week, John Devlin is back with us, the uh, symphony conductor. Uh, Symphony concert next week is Violins of Hope. It is going to be played with some of the violins that were created during the Holocaust. A very moving thing, I would think. We'll talk to John about that. A little look at what we've got coming up. Right now, we go to... He always gets upset when I say this. The dean of West Virginia journalism. No, no. <laughs> Whoever gave you that name? I, I know once upon a time that was floating around. Whoever gave you that name, Hoppy?
5: Well, it, I, A, I'm not, obviously. Uh, but the late Mickey Forferry, who for years and years and years was a sports writer uh, in Morgantown for the Dominion Post, also news editor for many years. And I used to call him the dean because he was. I mean, that was a legitimate name, and then he kind of would call me the dean. But, I mean, as a kind of a joking retort, but I am not. I'm just – Howard, you know, I'm just like you. I just keep showing up. (laughs) I just keep showing up until one day they say, wait a minute. You're not – you don't work here anymore
1: <laughs> until one day you go to unlock the door and it doesn't unlock and then you say they've given you they've given you a message, I know, yeah, like
5: we told you three weeks ago, what are you still showing up for <laughs> just you? out of habit, I guess <laughs> just
1: just keep on coming, just keep on coming, I'm just
5: like you, Howard, just keep it's, showing up
1: that's right and uh and I keep getting texts from some listeners who were wishing I wouldn't, you know Howard Well, isn't.
5: yeah. Welcome, yeah, we both do.
1: Isn't it time for you to go, Monroe? I get that uh, I get that all the time. Hoppy, um, Bob Slider and I, my executive producer, have both been talking about how difficult it has been to watch all of the coverage of this Hamas attack in Israel and the Israel response. It is just a... The story itself is a horrific story. It is turning into full-fledged war over there. The stories of children and families and... Uh, It's just horrible. It's just horrible. Uh, Rabbi Leif, who was with us, I think it was with you you yesterday as well. Rabbi Leif called it over and over again evil. It's just plain evil is what's happening there. Uh, It's it's just a horrific story.
5: It it is. And Howard, neither you nor I uh, is a foreign affairs expert, but we're human beings and we can watch what's going on and read. And and try to make sense of it, and try to have you know, observations about it. And here's a couple things I would say. One is that I would start with that it is it is legitimate to have a a debate about uh, the treatment of Palestinians over the years and the struggles that the Palestinians have had since 1967 67 war when Israel took control of Gaza and of the uh, of the West Bank. That's a legitimate discussion that has gone on since then and can, can, can continue to go on. But separate from that is what happened on Saturday and what continues to happen, which was a terrorist organization which has as its charter uh, the destruction of Israel and the killing of Jews. That's in their charter. And then to cross over the border and to murder non-combatants, innocents, men, women, and children to conduct massacres, massacres of men, women, and children, is, as has been said by the rabbi, by the President of the United States, and by people all around the world. It's just, ev- it's just evil, and there is no moral equivalency. You know, I've seen, I, I saw what happened at Harvard, I've seen what happened in some other places where people are taking the side of Hamas, or people saying, well, there need, we need to stop the violence here. I don't understand that. I really, I really don't. I mean, in fact, it makes me angry. There's no moral equivalency here. There's no, there's no justification for it. And anyone who tries to make a justification, I think, is, is in complete denial of reality. The other thing I would say is that um, that the, the, the news media gets a lot of grief uh, increasingly over the last few years. Oh, fake news. Here's, uh, here's the bias of news reporters. Here's what they get wrong. I mean, it's really taken it on the chin. And there's some excellent reporting that's going on in broadcast, in television, in radio, and in newspapers, really excellent work that's being done by journalists, and many of them putting themselves in harm's way. And for just a little while, maybe people should cool their jets on their criticism of the media and say, thank God we have a free press that is reporting to the best of their ability of what's happening over there.
1: Yeah, it's not not just doing a a dangerous job. I mean, some of those reporters are putting themselves in, quite literally, danger for their lives.
5: Yeah, yeah, and and just really, you know, we're, we're all thirsty for news and thirsty to know what's going on, and, you know, they're there doing the work. And also, if you look, you know, more so in newspapers, but if you look in um, the newspapers, you'll find uh, many stories to give you a deeper, to give one a deeper understanding of the conflict. I was just reading a story about the leader of Hamas, Hamas, uh, um, in in gaza it was a deep dive in the wall street journal so there's a lot of really good work that's being done right now by journalists reporting on the most critical story in the world right now
1: you know time and place is so important um... I, for reasons I still don't understand, I keep on reading Twitter. I, I don't know why I put myself through that, but I do. Um, and over the weekend, there were uh, lots of folks trying to defend the Hamas attack because the Israelis have not been as not good to the Palestinians. If those tweets or texts or Xs or whatever they're called, if they had been printed Wednesday of last week, they could have engendered a discussion and debate. Mm-hmm. Because there is legitimate talk about how the Palestinian people have been have been treated, um, but once Hamas engaged in this brutal, well planned, well executed, intentional attack on civilians, all discussion about whether or not there was a motivation or a rationale for it goes out the window. There simply is no there is no excuse for that.
5: No, I I, I, I agree completely, and. Those groups at Harvard, you know, I kind of shy away from doing these things because it's too easy to sort of look around the country and pick out things that create outrage. But, you know, and Howard and uh, I think you and I both many times at least at least try to be conscious of the other of a a side that's not our view and say, well, okay, let's hear what they have to say. And I just I get angry, I really do, and think, what are you what are you thinking? You know, are you are you in such a position? of naivety or privilege or wealth or status that you can make these you can make these kinds of statements at this time? It's outrageous. There and was, it's, just, it's offensive. Frankly, it's offensive.
1: There was an interfaith service last night here in Wheeling uh, at the Temple Shalom, uh, kind of coordinated by Rabbi Leif, but with multiple uh, religious leaders, including uh, Bishop Brennan, uh, Protestant leaders, uh, as well as the, as the rabbi. Uh, praying and talking about this issue, uh, a couple hundred people showed up. I was, I it was impressive to me because it was it was a, it was a show of solidarity. You know, people that yeah. quite, quite often may have been arguing with each other. I could look around that room and think probably half of you are f- fans of mine and half of you hate what I say. But here together, everybody was you know in in unity on this. And and if there was a message that I heard. From all the religious leaders, it was that uh, Christianity and Judeo-Christianity is a or religions of peace. But before there comes peace, there comes justice, and that mm. was a phrase I kept hearing several times last night. Mm. First, there yeah. must be justice, um, and you can't just peace doesn't just mean rolling over and saying, "Well, you know, we'll 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 let ourselves be rolled over." We need to we need to first. I won't say vengeance. I don't like that phrase, but but we, well, there's justice is needed first before we can ever achieve peace. But happy yeah, and
5: and, and I, would agree. I would and I would say that that what, what I, I would phrase that as a a an appropriate and proportional response. Okay, and again, you've had some leaders in this country say, well, we we want to stop all violence. Wait a minute, so. After you've had the worst massacre of Jews in one day since the Holocaust, yep. you're supposed to say, "Well, okay, we don't want any more violence." No, there has to be a, there has to be a reckoning. There has to be an accountability. for what's taking place? And Howard, the tragedy that we're, well, there, there, there's tragedy all over the place. One of the great tragedies is going to be that clearly there's a response by Israel, and it will continue to be a response by Israel. And you know what? A lot more non-combatants are going to die. Yeah, that's I mean, then I mean, women and children, Palestinians in Gaza, who are under the repressive control of Hamas are going to die. Uh, And and they're going to die, and Israel's going to get blamed by a lot, but they're going to die because of what Hamas did.
1: Exactly. And a, a point that the rabbi made to us yesterday, and I'm sure made to you as well, is that we need to draw a distinction between the Palestinian people and Hamas. Yes. You know, the Palestinian people... In many cases, they themselves are as much a victim of the Hamas attacks right now than Israelis are. Um, So it's not the Palestinian people, put that in air quotes. It is the terrorist group that is called Hamas and and what they did. But Happy, I wanted to shift gears just for a second. You wrote, I thought, a very interesting commentary at wvmetronews.com. Israel's failure is a lesson for America. Now, this goes more to the internal... um, almost small p political divisions that are going on in that country and what what messages we need to maybe learn from that. Uh, Talk to me about that.
5: Howard, I was struck in all the things I was reading. I was struck by a piece by uh, Shemrit Mayer, a former senior advisor to Naftali Bennett when Bennett was Prime Minister of Israel. And she wrote about her country being preoccupied with internal issues and maybe losing sight of external threats. Here's what she wrote. In the past five years, as Israel dissolved government after government and held divided election after after divided election, and even more so in the past year since Benjamin Netanyahu was re-elected prime minister, the nation has been busy tearing itself apart from within, she wrote. She went on to say, The Jewish state seems to have forgotten its second role in the world as a place that embodies the idea of Jewish solidarity. Israelis instead found themselves engaged in an all-out war, not against terrorists, but against themselves. And to me, Howard, I read that, and it just, like, my eyes opened up. I thought, that sounds dangerously familiar, that if you changed a few references in those sentences, you could easily imagine that being a description of our government and the United States.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, we, uh, we, have, we are spending so much time on fighting, quote, fighting ourselves, uh, dealing with our own divisions, that we're not looking at uh, some of the bigger pictures. And I, when something like what happened in Israel occurs, uh, it, for Israel it should, and for us it should remind us that there are a lot bigger things than the things that we fight about.
5: Well, yeah, and this... This, I, I, I probably won't, but it seems like it should be a, a moment of clarity for us because, you know, Howard, you talk about this all the time. Our politics have gotten, have gotten so polarizing and so tribal, and we've talked about this a lot. The other side's not just wrong, they're evil, right? So we can't let the other side have any power because they would be evil. It would be, a, you know, the end of the country, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in doing that, when we classify our opponents that way then we then we ignore the true evil mm-hmm. the true the true threats that are out there you know howard you're a, you're a democrat republicans are, I, I know that some of the, you clearly object to some of the things republicans do as do i but when we classify them as evil then we are missing we're missing the point because we witness whether it's 9/11 or what happened what's happening now we we still can witness true evil and what impact it can have
1: and using 9/11 as an example and the Hamas attack in Israel is a comparable example when when the bigger evil arises we suddenly all go oh no yeah. that, that's important that's it <laughs> that's oh, what we need yeah. to that's that's the important thing we need to be paying attention to and we all remember the I don't know, I want to call it period of peace, I don't know what word to use, the period of um, non-fighting in this country uh, shortly after 9-11. We all became Americans and not Democrats, Republicans, independents, or whatever. We were just Americans uh, demanding, uh, again, justice for what happened on our own uh, soil. Uh, because- and, and,
5: and people around, and people in government around the world uh, empathized and sympathized, sympathized with the United States right? Because they recognized evil. And right now, people and governments around the world are recognizing the, uh, the same thing that happened in Israel and are are siding with, with the Jews. Not everybody, I get it, but, but you know, I think certainly, I thought the president yesterday was definitive. I mean, he drew a clear line. He didn't equivocate. Right. He didn't say, but, you know, I mean, he just said, this is evil, this shall not stand. And the United States stand, stands with Israel, which is exactly how strong he should be about it.
1: You know, the, the divisions inside this country, the political divisions that have led to the the screw-up going on in, in Congress right now, I'm not saying anybody is a screw-up. I'm saying the fact that we now have a, a house without a speaker, which makes it a leadership a leader leaderless house. Uh, the battles we've been having over uh, Tommy Tuberville and his not allowing military leaders to be appointed, the battle that we're having over... Um, Uh, There's no ambassador uh, right now to Jerusalem. We stop and say, you know, our own little stupid internal squabbling is now going to be bringing into real effect, is going to create some real effects on the world stage because of these fights and internal, again, squabbling, for lack of a better word, that we're having now.
5: Yeah, I I agree. And again, just to to recap, I, I think it brings... Things like this happen tragically, uh, terribly, and they provide, they do provide, I hope, I mean, moments of clarity and moments of focus. Um, you know, Howard, I guess to put it on a personal level, we go through our lives every day, and, oh, this is a, this is a pain, this is, oh, I'm in a bad mood, All oh, this is wrong. And then something terrible happens. Somebody gets sick, somebody gets Somebody dies, and we go, oh, oh, okay. This yeah. is what's really important, and and those are moments of clarity. Those are seminal moments, and we have one now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Bob Slider, you were telling us uh, earlier you were just all ticked off this weekend because your, uh, your HBO wasn't working right. or well,
2: high-definition went out for the Steeler game, Hoppy, and I uh, <clears throat> I, I was mad about that. And then after mm-hmm. uh, realizing what, what goes on over the world, I thought, just like you said, man— uh, We we don't know how good we have it here, and we shouldn't be we shouldn't be miserable all the time. We have it pretty good. Yeah, that's a good point. Hop, I'll let you go. I'll let you go,
1: but um, uh, we'll tune in today at 10:06 for statewide uh, talk line. Of course, I'm looking at your notes, though. Uh, So the justice campaign itself has a new poll out. Is that correct?
5: Yeah, I'll send it to you. Okay, I'll send it to you, and um, it's it's a justice poll, but it's very close to the metro news poll, and it shows justice leading in every possible category over Alex Mooney. But I'll send it to you as soon as we hang up.
1: We uh, we've talked to Brad, we talked to Steve Adams in the Ogden paper recently, both this week about uh, the financial problems the governor has. For all of the publicity and attention it gets, it It doesn't matter. It doesn't seem to make any difference, does it?
5: (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't change anything. You know, you know. I mean, it's like yeah. You could have a poll. Like, if you knew a governor justice like stiffed the Girl Scouts and didn't pay for his cookies, <laughs> would it matter? No. <laughs> no.
1: We still we we love him because he because he cares about goodness. Goodness. All right, Hop. We'll be looking for you ten oh six today on statewide talk line. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. All right. Hoppy stay Statewide Talk Line, 83822 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. All right. So I'll wait for that poll to come through and maybe give you a little advance uh, information. Hoppy will preview the poll today at 10.06 with Tony Fabrizio from the polling firm for Jim Justice's Senate campaign on new poll numbers coming up. But I'll have a chance to give it to you here in a couple of minutes. It's 840, 20 till the hour. Watchdog Morning Show, Thursday style.
3: Good Wednesday morning everyone I'm Taylor Long with your 7 news headlines on this October the 11th. Police have arrested a man with connections to Tom and Angela Strushin, the two murder victims in Belmont County. According to senior deputy Thomas Gillian with the Harris County Sheriff's Department in Texas, Andrew Isaac Griffin is currently being held on a misdemeanor charge out of Oklahoma. Back in July, Griffin was reported missing after leaving Oklahoma on his way to a job in Odessa, Texas. Griffin was a former business partner of the Strussians and helped run the Salsa Joe's location in Elm Grove. The Strussians were murdered in their home in September of 2021 and no arrests were made. Griffin has never been named a suspect in those murders. Stay with WTRF.com and head on over there for more details. In continuing coverage in Brook County this morning, crews from several area fire departments responded to the home of 1425 Halls Road around 11 o'clock yesterday. Officials say one person was home at the time of the fire. We're told that person did make it out unharmed. The house was not a total loss, but it is currently unlivable in its current condition. It's been reported the fire originated in the living room. The case is not currently under investigation right now, but make sure to stay with 7 News on air and online for further developments. And around the world, the death toll in the conflict between Israel and Hamas has passed 1,600 and another day of relentless airstrikes is expected to drive that number even higher. The White House has confirmed some foreign hostages, including children, have been killed by Hamas after Israel retaliated in Gaza. Here at home, Congress is wrestling with what kind of additional aid to give Israel in the aftermath. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin reacted after President Biden addressed the nation yesterday and provided horrific details about the attacks. For more news headlines, you can always head on over to WTRF.com. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you.
4: It's back to Texas for the Mountaineers. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics.
6: Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home, giving you more time to enjoy your tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Travel
4: time for the Mountaineer football team. West Virginia makes its way to Houston today in preparation for its first ever encounter with the University of Houston. And obviously, first ever Big 12 meeting between these two schools and former Mountaineer coach Dana Holgerson. So what do we know about Houston. Well, they come into the game 2 and 3 overall. They are 0 2 in Big 12 play with losses to TCU and to Texas Tech. Like West Virginia they had last Saturday off. Houston is 11 and 4 coming off of an open date since the 2011 season. Things will look dark at the stadium on Thursday. Houston Hosting a blackout game. The team will wear white helmets but black jerseys and black pants. Houston has won seven straight games in the month of October, and Houston is six and one in its last seven non-Saturday games. The quarterback for the Cougars is Donovan Smith. He's a guy that West Virginia has already seen twice before. He transferred in from Texas Tech this offseason. So far this year, he has been up and down, but most recently, really up. In his last game against the Red Raiders, his former team, he hit a career-high four touchdown passes. In fact, he currently leads the Big 12, averaging just under 25 completions per game. Kickoff tomorrow night is set for 7 p.m. That means that our pregame coverage tomorrow begins at 4. We invite you to join us. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from
5: Learfield. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons. We embody the Mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time.
6: We know you work hard every day. How about a change of pace in your normal routine? Let Jill's Gentlemen's Club take you away from the reality of the real world for a few hours. Stop by after work or on the weekend and let the gorgeous dancers at Jill's strip away your troubles and worries. There's no better way to relax than sipping on a cold beverage while enjoying the stage show of one of the many house dancers at Jill's. And Jill's is the perfect place for that bachelor or divorce party. For a great read, check out Jill's blogs on jillsatclassact.com. Like us on Facebook too, located off i 70, exit 11, Dallas Pike
0: live from the Robinson Auto Group studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard
6: Monroe. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind.
1: Tony Caridi was just talking at us with the Morning Mountaineer report. Remember that is part of our um, eight thirty segment every uh, weekday morning. Learning about the Mountaineers uh, normally, like during the season, uh, the the football time, then basketball, and then of course uh, sometimes uh, Tony throws in,
2: you know, some other stuff as well. Yeah, and you can't be by your uh, TV uh, this Thursday, no problem. We'll have the big game uh, right here on the Watchdog Network. That's a huge game, Howard, because. I hate Dana Holgerson. I don't hate him as much as Rich Rodriguez, <laughs> but, you, but but I still despise close. him, and I think a lot of people in the state do. So that's that's going to be a big game. Yeah, big game,
1: to, uh, and uh, uh, so uh, it'll begin. Our broadcast will begin at four o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And then uh, kickoff is around seven, seven thirty, something like that. I don't know. seven name. o'clock. Seven o'clock. So, uh, the voice of the Mountaineers here in the Upper Ohio Valley is uh, the watchdog. And Tony tonight will be on with statewide talk line as always from six to seven o'clock. Also, high school sport line, sports line tonight with Fred Persinger at seven o'clock, and the Browns preview show, which I know you tune into every week. Click, <laughs> click. <laughs> I
2: just turned it off. Howard
1: at uh, at nine o'clock. And today is Wednesday, so we have our um, uh, merry-go-round of hosts today, Uh, the mayor and the vice mayor or somebody from the city for your wheeling no two ways about it, followed by uh, the ladies in winging it and uh, Butch Maxwell's complete waste of time.
2: No. And, Howard, I know two things that are really, really picking up popularity here in the uh, Wheeling area. Watchdog Morning Show? Well, we've been there for a while. I'm talking new. The, new. We've, been, we've been around the block a couple of times, Howard. I'm talking about pickleball. You ever play pickleball, Howard? I,
1: I used, no. The short answer is no. And I will tell you, when we first put pickleball courts in, like over at Patterson, I laughed. Yeah, what's that? Pickleball? I mean, I, I'm, seriously, I'm envisioning, like, you take a pickle and you... you It's gigantic. It's huge now.
2: It's huge. And we know another thing that's huge is the Pine Room podcast. The Pine Room boys are big. And so now, listen to this combination. You have the Pine Room Studios Pine Room. and the Ohio Valley Pickleball Club. Pine Room and Pickleball. Are hosting the first annual Blazing Paddles. Now, think about that. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Paddles. Blazing Paddles. It's very good. I bet Jeff come up with very that. Very clever. Blazing Paddles Pickleball Classic at the Ogabee Pickleball Courts on Sunday, October 22nd. Tickets are $45 per person. That's $90 per team. With spots left for the Novus and open tournament, so what that says is, look, if you just want to go up and have some fun, they got a, they got a bracket for you. Have some fun, yeah. If you are in it to win it, well, they got a bracket for you also. Each individual that enters the tournament will receive a T-shirt. A food voucher know. and three guaranteed matches. So you pay the forty five bucks. You know for sure you're gonna get a t shirt, you're gonna get something to eat, and three matches for your team. To sign up, head over to the Pine Room Studios social media. Did you know that, Howard? They have the room. So- at at the Pine Room Studios. Social media, and this is how you get there. I'm gonna butcher this, I bet. It's at, at it's that little at thing. It's at the Pine Room Studios. Very good. Thank you, Howard. At me, the now. Pine Room Studios and follow the link. You know how I feel about those links, Howard. I hate those links. <laughs> follow the link to the bio to the event page. So there you go. The Pine Room Boys now are a pickleball t- tournament.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, And it's the Blazing Saddles Pickleball Very
2: Tournament. Very good. I love that name.
1: <laughs> but I, I think you're right. I'm going to give Jubb – I'll give you – I don't say he's the creative one because they're all really creative, but – that just that just sounds like JUB to me. He's the producer. Yes, it just it sounds like JUB to me. I, I I am just so I am so pleased and proud of of those guys here on the Watchdog Radio Network. And of course, uh, this Friday, as every Friday, they're on from noon to three uh, at Gumby's. This Friday's Gumby's location will be down in Moundsville.
2: Moundsville South, the one right there on Route Two. You turn right off there to your right, and you can't miss it. New poll is out.
1: Now, I want to tell you this was done by the Jim Justice campaign or for the Jim Justice campaign by a polling firm. Uh, I'm going to give you a little sneak right now. I'll give you more details after the break, and then Hoppy will go into great detail coming up at 10.06. Uh, here's the headline. Uh, after all is said and done, justice leads Mooney by over 40 points. Uh, but it's over. Let's take a look at some of that when we come back at some of the breakdowns in this poll Uh, job approval ratings, and so on and so forth. And if you're Alex Mooney, you got to be going, I thought I was the big guy in the state, and what's happening here? Details of this coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up on
0: Metro News Hotline. On Wednesday's Hotline, we'll recap MLB playoff action, and we continue our countdown to WVU at Houston. Jeff Erickson will drop in to help your fantasy team. Abrar Al with Tech News and Larry Gross a day early for Mountain Stage. Plus, listener interactions in or out in the question of the day. Metro News Hotline, weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News Station.
7: How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. omni strategic technologies the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts you want sports talk we got the goods all night long
0: tune into sports map radio evenings and overnights on fm 98.1 am 1600 we are the Watchdog. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. The magic of your
1: side, will you still love me tomorrow? Till the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show, the legislative watchdogs are coming in at nine o'clock. Fabrizio Lee and Associates are a polling firm. They are working for the Jim Justice for Senate campaign. It's important you know that because, generally speaking, polling that is done on behalf of a campaign eh, tends to favor the campaign a little bit. But uh, these numbers are absolutely amazing uh, in this in this Senate race. Uh, they they surveyed. Uh, likely Republican primary voters. So Republican voters who intend to vote in the primary. And this is Republican only, so you won't see Joe Manchin's name in here or anybody else because it's strictly Republican uh, primary. Uh, And they ask a number of different questions. Let's let's take a look at a couple of these again. Hoppy will have more. And I thank Hoppy Kirchhoff, by the way, for sending me this information uh, ahead of time. 72% of Republican voters who are going to vote have a favorable opinion of Jim Justice. 72% thumbs up for JJ. Only 20% have thumbs down. Uh, let me go here. I got to jump down here. Alex Mooney. So I just, what did I tell you? 70, 79% favorable justice.
2: 38% for Mooney. That's half. Yeah, it's no shot. Half.
1: Half. unfavorable. Um, Do you approve or disapprove of the job that Jim Justice is doing? Again, 79% approve of Jim Justice's job. Only 18% disapprove of the job he's doing. Let's go down to Alex Mooney, his key opponent. Do you approve of the job uh, that Mooney is doing? Um, Shoot, I can't find this. Um, So let's go simply to the, the question. Regardless of who you're voting for, how would you be? How would you consider voting for any of the? Fun? Yeah, these, these I didn't. I haven't had a chance to skim, skim this over, so I'm gonna.
2: They don't call you Howard.
1: No, and they didn't send me this. Thanks again. It was only uh, Hoppy who sent this to me. They
2: call me all the time, and uh, do you vote? I do, because I want everybody to know just how much I hate Alex Mooney. <laughs> Absolutely,
1: <laughs> I sent her and answer the question. If the Republican primary for Senate were held today. And the candidates included Jim Justice and Alex Mooney. For whom would you vote? Seriously? 62%
2: Justice, 23% Mooney. I think if this question would have been in there, I bet Baby Dog would beat Alex Mooney if he was surveyed, Howard. That's the overall. Definitely Justice, 41.
1: Definitely Mooney, 11. Probably Justice, 21. 21 probably Mooney 12 undecided 15 so there's 15 uh, percent undecided there uh bottom line and this is I'm reading from the press release and this is from the Jim Justice campaign so that's the perspective but I think they're they've interpreted this right bottom line Jim Justice firmly in command of this race I mean
2: it's not even it's not even debatable it's not even arguable it's not And I, and I thought from the beginning you know you cannot compare those numbers Mooney he slaughtered David McKinley, and I hate it. I hate saying it out loud, I know. But, but he did, and we have to face that and, and live with it, and we are. But then he got so such a big head, he said, he I'm got, not going to stay here. He believed— I'm going for the prize. He
1: believed he was the biggest politician in the state.
2: Couldn't be stopped. He could was, not he, be stopped.
1: You know, I beat McKinley. Look at what I did. I'm Trump's boy. He's not Trump's boy in this race. Oops. Uh, and I, look, I am Alex Mooney. No, I have just gotten my job and I'm going to now become a senator.
2: And I never believed that. And I thought to myself, well, Bob, maybe you're wrong because you hate this man so much, but I thought, no, you're not wrong because this this election was totally totally different. And he had Trump's on uh, on his side when it meant something. So so Senator McKen- or Congressman McKinley had no chance, really, because it was just the wave. It was like being it was in front a of it, a, it that, was. A, a huge wave that could not be stopped. That wave is not nearly that big now.
1: For whom would you vote? Again, repeat, 62% justice, 23% for Mooney. That's almost a third. That's almost a third. It's not a half. It's not by a few points. It's a third.
2: I wish somebody else would jump in and would would be would jump would leapfrog him. Yeah, just
1: take a few. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there is. Isn't there? There is somebody else in the Senate race, isn't
2: there? Has to be. We just. I probably never heard of him. I, I wouldn't remember think the name.
1: Now I say that. I think actually I had him. I had somebody scheduled to be interviewed on that. He's like a. I don't want to call him a lower tier, but he's not a well-known candidate, and then. Um, we didn't have a show that particular day. It was a Friday. I can tell you that. We didn't have a show. And so I had to cancel the, uh, the interview. And I, I got, I guess, I, but I think there's somebody else there. But this poll does not look, it's look just look at the two of them. Again, 70. And, and then the approval ratings is just amazing. And it, it goes to that question that Hoppy and I were talking about. And you and I have talked about a lot. Brad and I and Stephen and I have talked about it all this week. Every single day, we're talking about the financial problems plaguing Jim Justice. Uh, the one-time billionaire who now can't pay his bills—they're coming to repossess his equipment. There's a garnishment order out for his wages. He himself says, "Well, we got a lot of problems. You know, okay? we're we're trying to figure it out, but we got a lot of problems here." And yet, with all of that, 72 percent of the public in the Republican voters in West Virginia have a favorable opinion of Jim Justice. All those money problems that we talk about. Doesn't I mean, matter. It, it doesn't make any difference. Un- <laughs> Mooney, twenty percent. I'm sorry. No, Mooney. Uh, Mo- I'm sorry. Justice unfavorable ratings are at twenty uh, percent. Mooney's are at eighteen percent. Thirty-eight percent favorable for for Mooney. He's just just crushing. Now again, I, I want to quickly say this is a poll done on behalf of the Justice for Senate campaign, and I always I, I, I don't take polls at their face value. But I always think that polls give you a sense of things. If a poll is very close, that tells me it's a close race. I don't care who's technically ahead. Is it a close race? He's getting killed. Mooney's getting killed. Whomped. I mean, just womped with a gigantic stick. Now, maybe the numbers are not that. Maybe it's not 72 to 38. Maybe it's 68 to 42. It's still...
2: JJ's, not very close.
1: It's just not very close. Hoppy has uh, more details of this coming up at 10.06 this morning. Um, but right now i got to go because the legislative watchdogs are coming up next, and we'll see you tomorrow, among other things. Moundsville's manager and mayor will be here with us. outside
2: if you must know. let you 7.7 AM 1370
0: WVLY Moundsville.
5: ABC News.